Hey Joe, cool Ira song. Hello, we are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We've got a special guest. I can't wait. To we do. Him. Say hello to the people in Maya. Oh, sorry. Hi. I thought you were. Oh, she's so rude. <laughs> this is, how was, many weeks are we going to go through with I, this? I was looking over at him, just waiting for him to, to drop the smooth Trini accent. But okay. Yeah. Sorry. Hi. Okay. Yeah. So we are back. We've got a wonderful guest. Say hello to the people, Brent. Good evening. Good evening. You see, you're smooth, innit? <laughs> plenty, plenty smooth. I liked it, I liked it. No, Brent is the amazing guy who, um, whose studio that we record in. Um, and he's a wonderful um, um, sound engineer as well. He knows, his, he knows his stuff. That's why we sound as crisp as we do. It's, it's, it's lit, I can't lie. But he's, he's a man of all things sort of like technical. And he knows all those things that we don't really know, which is why we always use his expertise. So um, we can't wait to get into the chat this week. It's going to be lit. So um, the episode is about dating while black, but then we're going to, we're kind of going to have like Brent's opinion on stuff because we always have these ridiculously insightful chats when we're not recording mm. and you would love to hear them. And then we were like, we should have literally recorded it. So now we're going to do it. So it's going to be lit. Cool. Um, so how's people, how have people been? Brent, have you, have you had a very good week? Have you had a busy week? Um, yes, my week has been busy, but it's been cool. I've enjoyed the last two days because the sun has been out. And I love the sun. Yeah, but that's not good. I was reading I was reading about um it was I think it's been like my landlord said it's the hottest October in like four years and I was he was like, Oh, it's like really great and I was literally like, But it's it's not. It's it's really bad. It should be cold. It's England. Why is it why why is it hot? It should not be hot. It's quite scary. It's always the hottest or coldest something on record in this country anyway. It's it's very bad. Very, 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 very bad. But I'm not complaining. Wait, Brent, is this your first... Like, okay, probably not, but is this like your first time being on like an episode of someone who... Yes? So is it the first time I've been on a podcast? Well, no, but like one that's like in your space, in your area. In your studio that you obviously people record in. No. I'm a regular voice on a podcast called meters after seven okay yeah well uh, i thought we were special but well, okay. in, it, in it i i feel so let down like, only because i have a like a particular section in it and i kind of um pose questions to the hosts okay and it's a little bit different so all right we'll pose questions to you today cool, um cool. all right isaac how was your week <sighs> the sighing thing is going to be quite a common thing for me to <laughs> no yeah. it's, it's just a lot like um, I'm going to see my family in Dominica soon, which is going to be amazing. But I've just got a lot of stuff to wrap up before I go. And I'm doing like a thousand and one things at like one time. And I'm not, it's not like I'm doing them all badly. They're all going amazingly well, but it's also leaving me very tired. So I'm like, <sighs> at the end of, at the end of a night, I have to like make my brain like switch off. Just got a lot on, but soon I'll be like, like sat on a beach or a gap in between the Caribbean Sea and the Atlantic mm. Ocean with both feet. I'll have like one in one and one in the other. And that will be in like a week and a half. So I can't wait. Amazeballs. Beautiful. Has anybody got something tragic that happened in the week? So for the eek of the week. Um, I do, but I don't want to risk losing my job, so I can't say it. Uh, 
but like it, it, it literally stunned me to the point that I went, oh, see. Like, you know, when you find out news and it actually changes how you look at a person. <gasps> oh my God, I've got one week of the week. But we're going to in, 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 in dating. So yeah, there was someone that I, um, that I was seeing like on and off in the early in the year. And then I ended up talking to someone who knew them. And I was like, oh, like, of course, like, we know the same person. This is like really, really cool. And um, the guy I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, but he um, he basically told me that he's like stranded somewhere. And I was like, what? I was like, he's not, he's not stranded. Like, I saw him two weeks ago. He's not, he's not stranded in any way. He's in his house. Mm. Like, I know, I know he's in his house because I walked with him past where we live in similar areas. So, yeah. And then it just, it transpired that he was like a top level scammer. He he was uh, sorry. I don't mean to laugh. It was it's actually very very wild. Like I tweeted about it before in the week, but like yeah, he's a top level scammer. Um, like verbally and emotionally abusive, and a manipulator, and a compulsive liar. It was just a lot, and so I knew about this sort of like verbal abuse sort of thing and low key emotional abuse. That's why I was like, this is not really gonna work for me. It's not gonna happen. You know when someone tries you and you're like. Mm-mm. If you speak to me like that again, we are really going to yeah. have some serious problems because you don't talk to me like that. Like nobody talks to me like that. Them ones, but it was wild. It was just very wild, and I was just—I just couldn't believe it. Like people, people really scam people for money. You see it on Twitter all the time, but some people really do it boldly and like lie to people and make out like their oh, life the is ending. Oh, the three hundred twenty pound guy. Yes, yeah, that similar sort of thing. But this is what someone's doing in reality. So, so you gain people's trust, um, and then obviously scam them and that's obviously like very 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 true mm. um i haven't had that experience myself it would never happen because i would never give someone the money like that but um i know someone who has been in that scenario and that's why we were talking mm. just by chance and just happened to know the same person and it was just wild mm. and when you just discover that like a whole other side to somebody that you knew and you're like wow wow it's one of those scenarios where i just sat there and thought yeah, men really are trash boy I was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't not say it. I was just like, wow. It was a lot. It was just very, very insightful. And I just find it hilarious. Because I don't have an attachment emotionally to this person, like really anymore at all. Mm. So it's just one of those scenarios that happens to you, which is insightful for information. And you just think like, wow. And then it was interesting because obviously I confronted the person and said like, oh, well, I I got sent a message that um, basically like this person, whoever whoever said whatever they said to you is lying. And I was a bit like, I've seen the screenshots, my friend is all over. Hmm. It's all over. Um, and then they just can continue to kind of like compulsively lie and i just couldn't believe it there's like compulsive lying in there and then i was like oh you should know better like i can't believe you're believing someone that you don't know and i was like but in reality i don't really know you either because this is a whole other side of you mm. it was just wild um the scenarios you always hear about and see when they actually happen you just can't you sometimes you're really in shock mm. and it was one of them very 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 wild <laughs> very very wild but i guess we will get into it because obviously we're we're, we're talking um, relationships and dating. Yeah, I so can't really think of a title for this episode. You're gonna have to come up with it. Hmm. Um, do I have mug written on my forehead? Perfect. Question mark. All right. So we're gonna play 21 seconds. See, you suck because I I said 21 seconds. To, no, to, no, because to, you did. Oh, there's never a lead up. You just said we're gonna play 21 <laughs> seconds, but you never, you never, you never do it right. We're gonna play. 21 seconds. I don't want to do it now. Oh my lord. I don't want to do it. All right. So, Brent, <laughs> uh, it's your time to be hit with the 21 seconds. Is that, is that 
Oh, what, what? Jeez, jeez. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did you want me to join in? Y- yeah. I didn't. What? So, um, <laughs> what are the rules? <laughs> Isaac is going to do the timing and uh, I'm going to ask you the questions. I can't guarantee this is about black British people. I just know it's about black people. So I have 21 seconds to answer your questions? Yeah. How many questions are we going to do for Brent now? Oh, let's do five. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, let me get my timer up. Give okay. me a second. Give me a second. I'm going for quantity. No quality. Oh. My was just giving the, the biggest <laughs> death stare ever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. I'm actually so tired. Like, I'm looking at you, Brent, but I'm also I like looking it. through I you. Oh, I thought it was a death stare. Okay, well, I've got the timer ready. Whenever... Say, okay. Obviously, she's got... Maya was going to say the question. And then, obviously, as soon as she's finished the question, that's when the timer begins. Perfecto. Okay. Está pronto? Mm-hmm. Sí. Okay. Oh, Spanish. that's not bad, you know. I mean, that was Spanish answer to Portuguese, but it it's, still works. It's, it's true. <laughs> um, okay. Arthur Ashe was a famous A, basketball player, B, tennis player, C, track player. Oh, my bad. Track star. I can't read. Uh, C. Quantity. No, hold on. Sorry. I got... Nope. Tennis player. Cool, cool. I don't mind. Did you say Ashe? Probably. Uh, Gar- why did you pronounce it like that? <laughs> what is it, Ashy? I, I swear it's Arthur Asher. So why did you? Pro- oh, Asher. There's not an R on the end. Is there not? No, it's Ash- an Arthur Ashy. But you know, maybe there's a typo on this thing because you know, oh. it's, it's a really booky looking quiz. Or maybe it's Arthur Ash. I could be it's wrong. Said, it's also offering me Bitcoin. So- <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's genuinely not a good quiz. Cool. Uh, Garrett Morgan is responsible for which two inventions? A, the traffic light and gas mask. B, traffic light and cars. I feel like they're giving this away. C, gas mask and stop sign. Uh, A, Maya. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right, all right. Okay, okay. Three more questions to go. He's got 13 seconds left. Charles Drew is responsible for which of the following? A fridge, blood banks, or plastic surgery? Blood banks, Maya. Yeah! Wow, friends can it. <laughs> God. Quantity. Mm. Oh, this one's too easy. Jackie Robinson was the first African American to do what? A. Play Major League Football. B. Play Major League Baseball. C. Hit a home run at Yankee Stadium. C, Maya. No, must be. Quantity, babes. Play. <laughs> oh, I'm finished. Wow, oh, I dropped the babes Lord. and everything. In it, babes. Like, wow, wow. All right, babes, last question. Oh my gosh, a bit loads. This is terrible. Sorry, this Bitcoin Six quiz is very bad. Left. All right. He's, oh, this is going to be so easy. No, pick he, a difficult one then. I can't because I can't skip unless I answer it. Oh. He started the Back to Africa music movement, even, sorry, um, and was later deported back to his homeland in Jamaica. Was it A, Malcolm X, B, James Del Rio, C, Marcus Garvey? A. Maya. How did you get it wrong? You did Quantity, man. No, no, you, you must have it deliberate. Yeah. Oh my god, do you see yeah. you can hear the thing pop up bleeping away, you know? I'm all right, so, all right. So Brent, you got how many out of five? Was that three? Two? I wasn't counting. Oh boy, me neither. Let's say two out uh, of five. All I know is that he he did better than Maya and worse than Quantity, babe. He did worse than me, so. Okay, to be honest, that's not hard because I suck at it. All right, cool. <laughs> I only didn't know one of those things, by the way. You only didn't know one of the ways. Did yeah. you like fake get it? Wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't didn't, didn't know one of them. Yeah, that's still here. That's yeah, still straight, same, same, same. I got all my wrong. Same, same, same. Fake got them wrong. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, the topic we're going to talk about love, relationships, and all the rest of it, basically because Brent has an interesting perspective, and I think it'd be cool to get his voice mm. on here. And considering we actually have like really cool conversations, like off the mic, we do, <laughs> we <laughs> actually do. Like. So it'll be cool to discuss that as well. As this episode is more gonna be like a free for all. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be an actual general like structure. It's just whatever comes up when mm. we're talking. So we just have to pretend that the microphones and mm. earmuffs and everything else aren't here. Okay. All right, cool. So the first question I'm gonna go round with is start with you, Brent. What is love to you? If you describe what love is for you, like briefly, <laughs> how would you describe love? Like what it is? Um, for me, Something I don't have to question at any point during my relationship. Uh, my first example of love that was tangible probably came from, funny enough, my brother. Um, some people probably would say their parents, but for me, it's my brother because for me, he is my most constant since I've known myself or been aware that I existed in a world outside of myself or my mind. My brother has been my most constant person. He's the most dependable person. And even talking about him now, like it's like making me tingle. <laughs> is he older or younger? He's one year younger than me. Oh, that's so sweet. And how old are you again, Brad? I'm 45. I'm 45. Okay, what is what is love to you, Isaac? Low. This rate, I'm got a clue, mate. <laughs> don't know love. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm good love. Enjoy. That's literally my reaction. What is love to you? I'm good love. Enjoy. <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. No, for me, I guess like love is um. It's people begging you in a, in a in a persuasive way to kind of come out of the house because you don't want to, and then you come out of the house and they like make you laugh and they make you glad you left the house. Mm. It's, like, it's it's people caring for you whether they know you need to be cared for, and whether they have to kind of force that nice lovely care down your throat in a way you don't want it, um, and not in, obviously in a kind of aggressive or abusive mm. way, mm. but I mean in obviously a sweet way where they're like, come on, that like, you really enjoy yourself. And then you 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 have the time of your life because people love you, mm. um, and they show you that in ways when you need it, and you don't realize you need it, but they're but they're there for you. Mm. Um, what is love like for you? Good question. Um, simple but not. I mean, I always say that love for me is like mutuality. So you guys kind of seeing the same thing. Mm. Um protection and stuff but i think it's also a bit more complicated than that i think love is painful in that you have to be willing to risk what could be the worst thing to like have the best thing mm. if that makes sense yeah. um yeah i don't know it's weird it's hard to i feel like love is very difficult thing to describe like you both or brent especially describe a person because it's harder to 
just like describe love by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's hard. I don't know how to explain. It. Love is just, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Um, As serious to explain it is, it's a it's a lot, but nothing at all at the same time. It, mm. it, not to diminish it, it's a lot in that like it's a lot, but nothing at all in that like. I think when you love someone or something, it's nothing to do X or Y thing for them. But also love is complicated. It's not as simple as I love this person, so X and Y happens. Because mm. I think as people, we're also kind of terrible. Um, definitely speak about myself, but as people, we're kind of terrible. So like you can love someone and still be kind of terrible, but still have that mm. ability to do something great, which is love someone. Um, cool. So kind of based off the conversation that we had I want to say like two weeks ago mm. Yeah So you were discussing about like relationships And like good relationships and bad relationships And everything else So yeah I'm trying to think like where to even start Because usually we, when we're talking about mm. stuff We don't have to like think about it We'll just go So like someone should just jump in And we'll just go I mean, the- Do people think that Do people, th- why why do people think that society, f- um, even from the time that you're a child, almost indoctrinates people and sends this message that you have to be with someone mm. for your life to be kind of complete in some way? Because um, it, it's quite a thing. And I, I wrote about it kind of recently, um, or the, the downsides of it recently for an article for uh, my lovely people at AZ Mag. Mm. Um, and I was really glad that the article resonated with like a lot of people. I was like, okay, wow. Um and I was talking about like the dating perspective for uh, a black British or a, a black uh, queer person specifically in Britain mm. and how the, I, I think I wrote a line in it about um, you go through life realising that there are fairy tales, but that the the fairy tale ending is not going to be for you because um, society doesn't deem it to be so. Mm. Um, the fairy tale is not constructed with you in mind. So therefore, everyone else will have lovely fairy tale endings. Some people will run off into their castles and get married and have those wonderful weddings and all, all that kind of gushy stuff. But you know, for me, I especially growing up and living in Britain, I'm like, mm, it's not really. People make out that oh, you know, you can have this, and this is the interesting thing. Um, so obviously, people talk about the sort of being equal marriage, effectively, or um, everybody, pretty much, who is a consenting adult. Um, can marry people of obviously the same gender or different genders but while there's a legal framework the societal framework that leads that to that legal conclusion doesn't necessarily Mm. it's not necessarily in being that's how i sort of see it um and so i wonder like why society always feeds us this sort of heavy narrative when the reality is actually far more complex than that at least i think in a modern sense i think at one point in time it was very different whereas now it's like something you get fed a lot but doesn't seem to really be cracking in reality or the participants that you're you're kind of in this dating game with mm. aren't playing along with the rules of what might be the simulation so i wonder i wonder what do you think Brent? based on what you just said yeah so like obviously you know like obviously we constantly get fed um like narratives about like dating and like mm. romance what well, it's, it's you see it all the time like New apps pop up like Tinder and yeah. eHarmony and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but it's, it's almost like the thing that people are telling us that we need to have yeah. when it might not necessarily work for people or even they might not even want it. Yeah. What do you think? So do you date? Do you not date? If you don't, why don't you? 
Do you okay. just not care? All right. Um, presently, no, I don't date. And I have never taken my cues from the societal trends as how I govern my life. So mm. how am I affected by what society is currently saying is the right thing uh, regarding dating? Shrugging my shoulders, I could care less. Mm. Uh, one day I'm going to have children, and I think that the toughest thing is going to be raising them in a world that is 20 years advanced from now. Because as I'm seeing now, the pressures of actually existing within this little disgusting bubble of what is right and what is wrong decided by society, it's going to be hard mm. for my children. Mm. But then I think it's not hard for me and my children are going to be minimis, <laughs> so it may not be hard for them. Mm. I would love if it is I was that type of person to care about what society thinks in that sense. Because in my mind, there is some excitement in doing what everybody else cares about. Mm. There's some weird lure mm. slightly there that I kind of think, maybe if I was that type of guy, I might enjoy this. Mm. But then... My routine just kind of snaps in. I'm like, nah, forget it. And it just it kind of just kind of gets just brushes off. Mm. I don't know if it is that that seems as robotic or lifeless or cold. I don't know how it is people perceive me in that in that um aspect. But for me, it's really easy to kind of just do what I want to do without worrying about what's happening out there. So, no, I don't date. Mm. I will date at some point in time. Mm -hmm. The concept is very lovely to me. <laughs> I like the idea of giving myself to somebody else, trusting them because everything that I fear or love and believing that it will be safe. Mm. I like that the idea of just being free and having to worry about me looking after myself. Mm. I'm not scared of dating. I'm not scared of what may befall me if it is I do give myself entirely. And I don't know if that in itself is not living. Because mm. as you said, love sometimes is pain and the possibility that what you've put out there could be could be hurt. Mm. Um, so yes, I'm not sure if that answered your question mm. partly, or if it is it brought up any other questions. <laughs> so, do, you, do you, why do you reckon? I mean, because obviously you're speaking from the perspective of a um, 
well, lovely young woman. So like, mm, I wouldn't say lovely, but yeah. Well, I was trying to be nice, but obviously she wants to be nasty in it. Um, <laughs> I'm just self-deprecating. <laughs> but like, yeah. So obviously, how do you feel about society kind of gearing women up for kind of like romance and obviously like marriage and obviously the patriarchal aspects of it? How do you feel about it? Do you does it kind of irritate you? Do you kind of think mm, it's just something that's there? Um, and has it irritated you in terms of how you might have been raised? From obviously a family perspective and then societally having to sort of deal with images that, are, you know, like bomb, you're bombarded with effectively. How do you deal with that? And then um, the reality, especially if you have to deal with like guys in a general sense. It's, um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice broke there. It's, um, it sucks because what it does is it, creates hope in places where it'd be safer to not have it Mm. so in a film if a guy and girl like each other and the girl's like i really want to do this and the guy's like no i can't do this right now he's gonna go away he's gonna realize oh shit i fucked up she's the best thing that ever happened and he's gonna come back to the girl in real life what tends to happen because you've been programmed by all these romantic things that that's going to happen you are in a space where, um, oh, thanks, friend. (laughs) Sorry, I'm like being awkward with the mic. Um, You're in a space where you're like, okay, cool. Like potentially if I'm just like, so all these like weird dating sites have stuff called like the no contact rule and the 60 day, like just weird stuff that you do when stuff goes south in a relationship. So what it does for women or for people who are big fans of romance or have been programmed to care about romance is that when stuff goes really badly, you're programmed to believe that it will fix itself either by A, you not having to do anything. So what romance does is makes you think that love doesn't require work. Love requires work because we're all really flawed individuals. I, for example, I'm very aware I'm a flawed person, Mm. um, probably hyper aware. So it's like, in this weird way, it's like you like love and you like being in love, but I feel like subconsciously we all know we're kind of flawed. So you kind of like also don't feel like you deserve it, which is really like I have, morbid, I have that a lot it's, it's a really annoying. morbid thing to say it's but yeah annoying. and so we do things to push other people away and we don't realize we're doing it it's like a, on a subconscious level so what romance does is romance tells you that if the love is real and love works you shouldn't have to put any work into it whatsoever two people are supposed to meet mm. supposed to work perfectly supposed to be minimal effort You'll be talking and they'll know the word that you're going to say at the end of the sentence. You're both going to like the same stuff. It's going to be the exact same stuff, but just different enough that like you're going to like it. Like it's going to, sorry, it's me like doing this. It's just going to be just different enough to like keep the spark going and everything else. But what they don't tell you is that that's like the first six to nine months of dating. In actuality, what love is, love is that point when they stop being brand new and exciting and you just know them. And you know the bits about them that suck and the bits about them that are good and the bits about them that are like no one else knows. And it's what you do with that information and how you mold it and how you, like Brent was saying, make like a a safe bubble, so to speak, for those two people. But yeah, but because romance tells you that that should happen without you having to try, it means that people don't try. In essence, they get to a point where the romance bit, the infatuation bit dies and it's like the hard work and they're like, "Mm, no. It's not working. So again, being fed all these romantic things, you think as romantic person A, oh, okay, either 
A, I'm not suited to ever be in love. Like I'm unlovable. Or B, this is going to resolve itself because romantic films tell me that this person's going to come and chase me on a stallion or like in, a, in an army suit or whatever. But people don't tell you that what love actually is, like I said, it's the ability to surrender to whatever the outcome of the thing is going to be. And sometimes mm. the outcome is going to really suck, but you can't do anything about it if you actually love said thing or said person. It's surrendering to one, your feelings about it, and then to the person and being like, all right, cool, I love you, so whatever you're going to do, I'm going to want you to do so long as it's making you happy. So I think people's idea of love isn't love in that I want this other person to be happy in any which way. Mm. People's idea of love is this person must be dependent on me. And the second that they don't need me, like I'm going to panic. And like, I have to find a way for them to, well, they have to somehow read my mind and come back to me. And it has to work, but I can't put in any effort. Mm. That's kind of what romance does in regards to love. And that's, not what love is love is it's, it's really work. it's annoying isn't it it's like the fantasy that gets in the, in the way of that reality yeah and then it's just sort of like why but that's life and it's really quite annoying because like you it's, it's annoying because you can't make people do what they whatever they might want to do or whatever and you just have to sort of like deal with it um but you know what you said before Bryn um so it's really quite funny how we discussed several weeks ago about people being selfish in relationships and Brent was like I don't get that and we were like oh what <laughs> and we were like but yeah they are and he was like I don't get it um so for obviously we were talking about in the context of guys specifically kind of thinking about themselves in a relationship mm. rather than what their partner would want so for example for you can you ever fathom a situation where you might be selfish in a relationship or not uh, no. Uh, so I'll answer your question and I'll also talk about something that you just mentioned. Okay. So I think you kind of, you talk about romance and how it kind of can't exist past a certain... Mm-hmm. Not that, just that the idea of romance that we're given is them highlighting the infatuation stage. Yeah. Actual mm. romance to me is when you get past the infatuation stage yeah. and like, it's not the like butterflies and electricity, but you still, it's like something deeper yeah. than that, if that yeah. makes sense. So you would be fine five years deep into relationship, 10 years deep into relationship if it is that you don't get butterflies. Because the butterflies are different. It's like, to me, butterflies are fleeting. Kind of like actual butterflies. They die eventually. It's all it's, new, isn't it? It's, like, oh, it's just so new. It's like, I don't know this person. To yeah. me, butterflies aren't sustainable because butterflies just adrenaline in your body. Like, ah, brand new experience. Yeah. What I would prefer is that comforting, like, you see someone and you're like, ah, that to me is better than butterflies. Because yeah. butterflies is like, it's a mixture of like fear and other stuff. I yeah. like the knowing like, ah, oh, okay. Question, question. Because right. I, I love... The idea of romance. And mm-hmm. I love that I can believe that it can still be present even 10 years into a relationship. Mm-hmm. I picture myself grey and still able to bring some sort of fluttering in my wife's whatever region. Hey! <laughs> wow, he really <laughs> went that Whatever region you know. Wow. Okay, wow. No. <laughs> Man like scenario. In it, in it, in it. A, a man. 
a man. So you've um, traveled for work and you've been away for say six months mm-hmm. from your husband. And you get to see him again after six months. Are you going to feel the same way you felt the week before you saw him? Or are you going to feel that... <sighs> That giddy, childish, oh my goodness, I'm going to see him again. I'm going to have him in my arms. Um, Does that not qualify as butterflies? I I don't know. To me, butterflies is something you get like in the beginning when they can Mm. do anything. And you're like, just because it's new, like you don't know them. So like any gesture they make towards you, any like not being around them is like your brain sort of craving this other person. I feel like that craving happens, but like in a more genuine way. Like I feel like in the butterfly stages, it's a lot of it is very lustful. Like it's cute and everything, cool. but like it's lustful. It's like I, this person, their body, their everything. Cause mm. you don't know them. Yeah. I think if I haven't seen my husband and this presumes the husband I've been with for a while yeah. in like six months, yeah. it's not necessarily butterflies. Maybe there's an element of butterflies there. Cause I'm like, I'd want to sleep with my husband if I haven't seen him for six months. Yeah. But the majority of it is going to be like, Oh, like my other half. Yes. I get to, so at the altar, what feeling do you feel if it's not butterflies? It's not going to be butterflies because you would have known him long enough to know. Yeah. All right. What's going to be there? Just picture yourself at the altar right now. Right. What's that feeling that you have right now? Besides anxiety from everyone looking at me. <laughs> it'd be resolute calm. It'd okay. be like... Honeymoon. Oh, baby. Okay. Ooh, child. <laughs> I'll be feeling something. Wow. And... You've just given birth to your first child. Ow. and um, My oa. It's not going to be painless. <laughs> You've been out of hospital for six weeks now. Mm. And you guys are just sharing a moment in front of um, the TV yeah. with your newborn. What feeling is that when you look over to him? Contentment. Oh. And that feeling, none of that is romance for you? Is but what I'm saying is that that's what romance is. Yeah. The infatuation stage yeah. that is shown to us as romance to me is not that. It's just like <clears throat> it's all like this song and dance that is supposed to eventually get you to that contentment yeah. point. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of people idolize the butterfly bit. Yeah. But not the so when it bit. isn't there anymore, then they yeah. Okay. So I feel like the contentment bit to me. So I'm like a bit of a. I'm like the sort of person where I kind of joke to myself and I say I'm a bit like a swan where like I feel like if I find that one person mm. that ain't so much I might like joke and flirt and stuff with other people that's just what my personality is like but I have like internal boundaries mm. so like in so much as I can flirt with someone else I would not ever unless I could actually be like I'm going to sleep with this person it's just not possible yeah and also if I'm flirting with that person, I'm probably flirting with them because I know that they themselves have some kind of boundary where they wouldn't. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? I would never put myself in a scenario where it's like something's going to happen. Yeah. So besides like flirting and joking, laughing with people and stuff, I'm like a swan in that once I have that other person, yeah. even if I'm like joking with someone else, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't move me. Like it doesn't mean anything. Because that person can be like to me like, oh, um, I don't know, that, if that person flirted with me in a way where it took it to pass to a point where I was uncomfortable, yeah. then I'd be like, nah, like it was fun, but okay. yeah. Uh, you're laughing, Brent. Yeah, I'm laughing. Because <laughs> I'm not sure how much I could actually share or get into, you know, 
on this podcast. Good. So to answer your question. Wait, but I didn't finish. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but this is getting. I was like, I'm. My head is going back and forth like tennis. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but um, that being said, like a swan, if I have my other person. If I have my wait, it's here. It's in front of my mouth. Just turn the mic. Put, move that. There we like go. Like this. That's uh, it. If I have that other person, like, turn it again. Like this way. Yeah. So we okay. can hear you properly. You can hear me. Yeah, of course. All right. If I have that other person, then yeah, um, I'm chilling. I think I always say that I believe that people are multidimensional, and I think this idea that you're going to be of one person and things are not going to be complicated or think you're not or you're going to shut off as another human being and not be receptive to other human things mm. like an attractiveness to another person or um i don't know just like other stuff it, it doesn't mean to me that you are a bad person for having those things it's just about knowing what you have versus like do you kind of so it's like you can oh okay cool that like you're talking to this person whatever and mm. when I say talking I don't mean anything on toward mm. like banter or whatever mm. but then you have to also know that like at the same time the banter will kind of remain there because what you actually have is way more important that being said you also I guess just decide between yourself and whoever you're with what it is that your mm. relationship want what you want it to look like mm. and I think everyone is different but also human beings as individuals we're all flawed and complicated so it's really hard to be like this is what this is like because I suck first of all I'm just gonna be fair. I'm, I suck I feel like I'm a good person in so much as like I don't I try not to hurt other people's feelings and I try and do my best all the time but I'm a person so I suck so I'm always going to consistently get things wrong mm. but at the same time it's like in the second that I'm like oh I've just been made to reassess something I'm like okay so how does that make me feel and why do I feel like that and then you learn from that. So to me, love is like that, like mm. the person being the reason you want to reassess what you're doing. Mm. So yeah, I, I'm a, actually a romantic, but a romantic in the way that I was saying, but mm. what I really crave, what I really want is that contentment moment where you yeah. look at someone and you're like, all right, yeah. cool, I'm good. Question. All right. So the example you gave away, is it you said you can flirt? If it is that you know that a person you're flirting with has boundaries so that will never get to the stage where it is that you do anything because it's going to get cut off yeah if it is you were with somebody and they did the same thing as in they had a little flirtatious thing with somebody else but knowing full well nothing would ever happen how would you feel about that if me and the person else have spoke about it like I always have jokes with people that like people have work wives and work husbands and stuff. And uh, in uni, in some places you have like a work mom, like a uni mum and a uni dad. I'm sort of person where as long as what is being said is not like, it's not sexual, like, ah, oh, I want to like jump on top of you and all the rest of it. It's just like banter. I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm making sense here. Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'm, I'm very like human beings is in our nature to be like social and like fun and if the person I'm with is social and jolly and like they happen to be very charismatic that's what's going to be what attracts me to them so so long as they're charismatic in a way where it's like all right they're charismatic but it's not like they're out here sleeping with other people putting me in a scenario where I'm uncomfortable whatever else I'm not going to feel aware about it because one I trust them 
And I trust that even if they're flirting and joking with someone, that's literally what it is. Like I always say, like I, I say to people I date that if I ask you something, it's not because I don't trust you. It's because I trust you more than I trust my own presumptions about you. So I trust whatever you tell me is going to be accurate. Mm. So if I'm dating someone, and if say if I'm with someone and they're flirting, like I have friends who've been in relationships for like five, six, seven, eight, nine years, and they flirt and joke with other people because we're human beings. And I think it's unrealistic to think that people won't have that kind of joke and banter with other people. Mm. What needs to be established though is that when it gets to the point where the flirting is in a place where it's like this person is going to act upon it then it's a problem but if you're like oh, okay they're just flirting and like it's a nothing then i won't lose sleep over that it's like it's a nothing that's beautiful cool cool so to answer your question um if i'm to jump into a relationship mm. me knowing full well i'm a human being and that i'm flawed Mm. I can't open certain gates. So in your scenario where you say, yeah, um, I can flirt just as long as it is. I know I'm not going to be doing anything else. Me knowing that I don't know what's beyond that door that I have never gone through. Mm. I'm not going to dilly dally in front of it, set, set up a tent or dare it to mm. do something because mm. mm. it might just open and what's on the other end, I might just like. Mm. So for me mm-hmm. and my discipline itself, mm. I stay away from things I know full well, I don't know the answer for. Okay. So that's why I said, I can't understand as to why it is a selfless uh, state isn't present in every single guy jumping into a relationship. Mm. Mm. I must always think about who I'm carrying whilst it is. I am going here, there and everywhere because I'm there thinking I would want her to also have that in her head that she's carrying me wherever she goes. Of course. So, that's why I was shocked as like, really? In, if it is you're serious about yeah. engaging in something yeah. with another flawed human being, mm. surely you must try your best Always. every single day to be better than you were yesterday. A hundred million percent. Look so, at him doing philosopher. <laughs> so, so for me to dance around and then just use my human nature as an excuse not to choose, mm. not to do something, I can't mm. do it. Mm. I agree But I think This is me being like Frank Mm. So For me When I say flirting There's like a A difference between I don't know Everyone has their own Different definitions Of what flirting is For some people It's outright being like I want to sleep with this person For other people It's like Just banter For me If I'm flirting with someone So I don't know People who know me Know that I'm very like Quick witted So to Mm. speak Very witty (laughs) So like If someone says something I'm going to come back with something else but that's literally me of everyone if i have a particular kind of rapport with someone like a particular kind of banter with someone it's just going to be more voracious mm. but that's it like unless i literally like kiss you or i'm like hi person i want to sleep with you it's never ever going to get to that point and most of the time if the person knows me well enough or i'd like to think like i've shown myself well enough they know that like that's not going to happen. And I think the way that I am with everyone, people can probably tell that like I'm quick-witted and I'm 
funny and like I'll send out zingers, but it's not like I'm going to sit in your lap or I'm going to stroke your face or do you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's for me, it's like vocal being quick witted. So in regards to protecting the person I'm with, I always will protect the person I'm with. I mean, it's hard. It sounds like I'm kind of contradicting myself and maybe in a way I am. And that means that I have a bit more learning to do. But then if I'm like, I don't know, I feel like flirting is not the right word. Like if I'm bantering with someone and say if I'm in a relationship mm. and it's sexual bantering, I wouldn't do that because I can't, because that's something that I have with someone else. But if it's just bantering stuff, like say there's someone, um, let's say there's someone we work with or whatever, and he's like the, the cute one in the office. I will banter at him that he's the cute one in the office. So I'd be like, look, at all the girls like you. Blah, blah. Do you. Do you see what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. Mm. But I'm not going to say to him like, you're the cute one in the office. I want you to come home with me. Like, no. Mm. It's like playful. Like you're playing on something that's already been done. Kind of like how we like muck around with Brent. So obviously like, I don't know, you guys can't see Brent, but like <laughs> Brent is like six foot four, got an accent, dark skin, very like suave. You know what I mean, so well, I will banter with Brent because I'm quite aware of what Brent looks like mm. and I know what other people are seeing when they see Brent so I'm like almost I'm he's not well you're not really bothered by that thing so like I'm my banter with you is off the fact that you're not bothered by it if yeah. that makes sense yeah. whereas if I thought you were a gallus that's different then I'm like it. then I'm, I'm inviting <laughs> you to like yeah. tread those waters yeah. but because I'm like oh with Brent for example you're very disciplined very focused it's like when I'm joshing you, like when I'm poking at you, I'm doing it because I know it's a thing where you're like, whatever, you've probably bent, but that's it. So I think it's about knowing for yourself what those black and white lines are. Like, what is this thing and what is that thing? Whoever I'm dating, they're probably going to have banter with other people because they're a human being. And it's not about flawed human nature. It's about establishing what your internal boundaries are and being honest about what those internal boundaries are. And then being like, okay, this is my hard line. This is, I don't, I don't cross this. So for me, it's like, if I'm dating someone, I'm not gonna, with someone else, tell them that I want to sleep with them because what's that? Do you know what I mean? But I will banter with them and be like, the ladies love you kind of thing. But that's me speaking in third person. Do you see what I mean? So it's like, I'm bantering, but it's not me. If I'm single on the other half, that's a different kettle of fish. Like you're single, so you can kind of do whatever you want. The whole point about being in a relationship is that you're foregoing the things you can do when you were single because you want to, instead do them with another person mm. but that being said nothing in life is as simple as black and white one thing i'm learning from seeing other adults around me and the way they work and the way they navigate things are never that simple unfortunately like i wish mm. love was a really simple thing where it's like you love this person you want to be with them you're with them forever and that's how it works it's weird i mean but it's, it's not like, like that. that kind of concept it's weird like i know i always get to a point where i'm sometimes i kind of think like mm, it's weird I have this really awful thing, I think, sometimes when I date people where it hits a point and I'm like, it's almost like a hairstyle. I need to switch up. I need to switch up. So you like, get bored of people? It's, it's it's not... I don't know if it's boredom or if it's a natural thing where it's very much like that's where the honeymoon phase has ended. Oh, okay. Um, so you start to see the incapacibilities. And... Yeah, and then my mind does this thing where it's... I think it's a, a like a, a link to my personality. So like, I have like the personality type of um intp so like it's like the logician so i'll find the inconsistencies and statements you start fault finding and i start fault finding massively and then it takes over and i think my brain sometimes struggles to turn it off not turn it off but like think this is normal and that's fine and now you find the person's flaws it's cool but my brain will be like this is a flaw oh my god terminate relationship 
terminate that like, mm. I will find more and more and more. Mm. So it's weird when I see people that I've like been together with for like 25 years, I'm just like, I don't get how. I just weird, I do get it. So the same reason that I was gonna say because for me it gets to the stage where the, the faults that the person have become unignorable. I become see, hyper aware of them and I'm like, I can't stand them. See, this is the problem. Well, I don't say problem because you're not a problem. Everyone, no one is a problem. Everyone just has different things. So you see how I'm here talking about like flirting and internal boundaries and stuff. The reason that I've gotten to this point is because I've realized that in life, I'm a perfectionist. Well, I've I've stopped basically. Perfection doesn't exist and mm. it can't exist. All that can exist is whatever it is that you want that you're willing to work at, right? So if two people have been together for 25 years, I'm going to guarantee there's been times they can't stand each other. There's going to be times where one of them wanted to like duck out of it. There's going to be other times where both of them were like, this is exhausting. But where to me love comes in, it's when you get to that point where you're fault finding, it's you stop and you're like, they're not the problem. I'm the problem. Because if I'm seeing faults in this person over what they're doing that is good, that means I'm taking them for granted. I believe it's very easy to see the faults in another person when you are so used to the good that they do. It's mm. called like a um, something, something bias. But it's like, if you're with someone for a while, it's very, very easy to see what you do not like. Confirmation because, bias, you mean? Yeah. It's easy to see what you do not like because you've gotten used to the great stuff. So if you're then looking for these inconsistencies, you will find them. It's like, if you want to say, let's say you're dating someone called Zach. Oh, I think Zach is really highly strung. In your brain, you'll be looking for examples of when Zach is highly strung. So you will look at any tiny example. Even if he's like, oh, who finished the butter? You'll be like, Zach is highly strung. Do you know what I mean? You'll look for little things. But what you won't then look at is Zach's upset that you finished the butter. But so what did he do? He went out and he bought two tubs and he bought one for you and one for him because he knows you like salted and he likes non-salted. So that way, even if the butter's finished, you can borrow each other's, but you have your own butter. But you're so focused on the fact that he was upset about the butter being finished. You're not seeing the other stuff that Zach is doing. Yeah, that's true. I think I do that a lot. Actually. Right. So to me, love is the, the ability to be like, okay, for me, it's the ability to be like, all right, so as a person, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to be really crappy sometimes. But the difference is I'm going to see what it is I'm doing that's crappy. And instead of being like, this person I'm with is the reason why I'm doing crappy stuff. I'm going to say, okay, clearly there's something in me that isn't like gelling. And I need to work on that. First of all. Secondly, I'm going to then use this time to appreciate something about this person that I'm looking at that I've otherwise been ignoring. So let's say I'm like, oh, this person like gets really upset when I put my feet on the couch or whatever. Instead, I'm going to look at the great stuff they do. Why do they do that? Because they're always making sure the house is nice and it's tidy and it's clean for me to enjoy and relax. That's what we need to start doing. Because the more you do that, people are always going to irritate you. Like, mm. it doesn't matter how in love you are. The person you're with is always going to annoy you. Like, it's just life. What you need to be focusing on is the things that make you really, really, really happy. And that's all you can do. And so if you continue doing that over time, I feel like the the weighing scales just kind of goes away that is healthier and it's better. Mm. Um, but yeah, like love is not, it's not fault finding. I think the fault finding is in us. It's because we, I think that a lot of us don't feel like we deserve to be loved. So when you get to that point where you feel like intimacy is coming, you're like, okay, cool. So this person has problems. I don't like it. And so you're telling yourself the issue is the other person. And really what's actually happened is you've gone intimate enough with another person that you're at that stage where you see the ugly bits and subconsciously you're like, shit, they're going to realize I'm a really terrible person. So you have to find out what's wrong with them so that you can leave before they can see how bad you are. Right? No? 
I don't know if I'm Wow, okay, here. drag me. Wow. So for me, I'm very aware that like, I'm going to be frank. I'm like, I don't want to say like I'm, I'm needy because that's not accurate, but I like reassurance. Like I like when the person I'm with, like if I reach my hand out, say to touch my partner's hand and they don't squeeze it, trust me inside. I'm like, oh my God, like they don't like me. <laughs> like a small mm. thing like that. So I've had to realize in myself, like, okay, this doesn't mean that my, the people I'm with I'm, are cold or aloof or they don't like me. It means that I need to learn how to be reassured by different things that they do. Because just because I need someone to touch me or hold me or whatever all the time and they don't do it, doesn't mean they don't love me. Silence mm. doesn't mean someone doesn't want to be with you. You know, it's like learning reassurance in different ways. Same way you find yourself fault finding, it's finding the grace and the great things about them in other ways. Because if I'm here and I'm telling myself, oh, because they, this person didn't want to hold my hand, um, that means I'm unlovable and they suck and they're the worst person. Really, it's a reflection of me that like, oh, can I not be in someone's space and not need to have them all over me and not just be like, all right, I'm chill, I'm good. And I trust that they, they like me enough or love me enough or whatever. I think a lot of love stems from like yourself. So if you don't like yourself, I mean, I always joke that I don't like myself. Like I do and I don't. But if you don't like yourself very much or enough, then you're always going to make crappy decisions that feel like love, but they're not love. They're just scenarios that reinforce what you think you deserve. So. Mm -hmm. Do you reckon that happens a lot with, um, in terms of like the self-love aspects of, of, of dating? Because obviously I've got, it's interesting. I've got like obviously like a lot of black women friends. And so obviously it's quite interesting. And it's funny, I even noticed this obviously having dating men from that sort of perspective, where some issues kind of crop up like again and again and again. And sometimes it's the way other people communicate with each other mm. or the way that they try and talk to each other. So another a thing that I've noticed is very, very interesting and I've seen it myself is someone will be talking to someone and I get people are busy, but this doesn't seem like business. This seems like projection. Mm. So I've had friends where they've, just, they've shown me like conversations that they're having with a guy that they're starting to see or talk to, for example. Mm. And he'll come with like a lot of energy and he'll want to like obviously talk to them. And then even within the same hour, the energy will completely dissipate and then it will rise again. And while sometimes some people might think that seems normal, to me it seems very erratic mm. because it's like, how can your energy go from being super interested in this person to literally almost discarding them within the same hour to then being surprised that they don't respond and they're wanting them to kind of react with a lot of energy when you're not coming with energy. And I notice it like a lot. Um, and then even sort of like, I, I guess like the discarding of people and then... Um, but is it really discardment? Like from what I'm hearing, not to sound like a therapist, mm. sounds like that person isn't discarding you. They want you to chase them. They need, they need reinforcement. So if someone is flirting with you, and you're giving them attention, what they're then trying to gauge in themselves, especially if they have some any measure of insecurity, is if I go cold, would this person chase me? So in the moment where you two are both flirting or whatever, like in the dating sphere, it's like, okay, I'm flirting with you and you're flirting back. Is this me doing all the work or is there actually something here, right? So if I step back and I not discard you, but I'm like, I step back, if you come back to me and you've done the work, then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we're both wanting the same thing. Whereas if I step back <clears throat> and you don't do anything, then that person has, in their minds, has protected themselves because they're like, oh, see, it was me forcing this thing all along. I, I'm not interested. When mm. really, you, 
in regards to your love languages or how you operate might just have an abandonment thing where as soon as someone drops you, you're like, I'm off. So they're waiting for you to come to them. And you're like, no, I want this person to come to me and prove that like they haven't abandoned me. So sometimes in dating, people have these two different, so I mean like wavelengths they're working on when it could just be fixed by one person stop playing like games and just do, if that makes mm. sense. Because I was going to say, because I noticed that with a lot of guys, that sort of, I guess it seems like, I guess it must be game playing, isn't it? Or human interactions to try to gauge. So you're saying guys normally do that, that hot and cool thing. Yeah, I've noticed it a lot. So a lot. It, so is it because guys are insecure? Because I was going to say, the way that some insecurity might present in men, obviously doesn't present in the way it might appear in some women. Yeah. And so therefore, if a, guy, if a man does have an insecurity, often... And I noticed it with like with myself and I guess like some with my brother and other men, like it will be masked. You won't necessarily, it won't be very obvious. It won't appear like an insecurity. Um, it might just appear like that's just their character. But in reality, it's an insecurity, which is masked by mm. a lot of things. I just wondered because I've seen it a lot, this sort of like hot and cold thing. And then it, it's just interesting that it seems to kind of, I noticed it crop up again a lot. And when something kind of crops up like that, I'm always like, hmm, that seems quite interesting rather than rather than it just being an ordinary sort of situation. So I find um, it happens with females, that hot and cool thing. When it is, uh, they're cold when it is, they have another interest that they're hot with. Mm-hmm. And they're hot when it is that other interest is not giving them <laughs> That heat. Men do the same thing. Well, there you go. There's, there's, there's your answer. I don't play the hot and cold game. No, I, I don't, don't which, like games at all. I, I, I don't, which is I'm, why it annoys I hate me. G- so basically, I, I will feel all of it. If it is, you're cool with me, cool. Boom, we ain't cold. talking again. <laughs> That's talking exactly. Again. I, will, I will block you. I am not going anywhere. Sorry. Yeah, like I don't. I don't do game playing mainly because for me, like anything worthwhile requires honesty. Like when this is it. I'm at my happiest or like if I'm if I like someone or I'm with someone when I'm at my happiest is when I'm like I don't feel like I need to lie about anything not that I'm going around lying to to multiple like men like yeah so blah 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 it's just that when I'm like I don't even like nothing in me wants that like I just want to tell you everything Mm. and I guess that's my problem maybe if it's a problem then when I'm with someone I will tell them everything because to me that's like a way of proving like I love you like I there's no secrets. There's nothing you don't know. So that person ends up knowing you better than anyone else, which is is good. And it can be bad if, you know, it goes south. But for me, I don't, I'm not a fan of game playing. I'm very frank and it puts me on the firing line quite often. Like I, if I like someone, I'd be like, hey, I like you. I don't do the whole, like, let me dance around it thing. I'd be like, oh, hey, I like you. And that person might be like, oh, I like you too. They might be like, mm, no, nah, it's not happening. Okay, it sucks. But I asked, I got the response. We keep it moving. That's kind of how life is. So there's never a scenario where it is that you would keep something that you've done from your loved one. What do you mean? Like example, uh, work Christmas party. Okay. And you get drunk, and you kiss a colleague. Jesus, I would not do that for a start. <laughs> you just happen to do it. <laughs> okay. What kind of kiss are we talking? Is it kissing um, cheek? No. Like a tongue situation. No tongues, just kissing the lips. No tongues involved. Like a peck. Um. Three seconds. 
I'm so I'm trying to I'm trying to gauge because you can kiss someone like accidentally and be like, mwah, mwah. do you know what I mean like when you're saying goodbye? So you know English people can no, be a bit. No, no. I, I think no. Brent means like like a like a romantic kiss. And I've oh. I, I, I've been in that situation. And oh, I, I sat okay. I sat with it and I was like, I have to come clean. I I had to come clean. Feel I'm a sort of person where I'm need to be less mean to myself, but I'm mm. I'm very stringent with myself that I would feel like. If I f- if I feel like what I'm doing is bad, I would feel grimy. I felt very grimy. Yeah, very I would grimy. feel grimy, and also, I'm. I feel like if I kiss someone, romantically, so it's you can't banter a kiss. Like I was saying earlier, like I'm by the way, I'm using flirting and banter interchangeably. So that's me. I use both words interchangeably, but it, you can't like banter kiss someone if that makes sense. Mm. Like you can joke and be like. But you can't mm. like banter kiss someone. So if I'm kissing the person, then for me, that must mean that subconsciously there must be something in the relationship that isn't working for me because I know myself enough. Sorry. I know, oh God, I've got to sit like here. I know myself enough to know that if I'm kissing someone else and I'm in a relationship, part of me that's doing that is sabotaging it because either a there's something wrong with me and i need to address that mm. so maybe the intimacy the relationship has scared me or b i don't want to be in the relationship and it took me being drunk and doing this do do but that's just me speaking in general i i accidental kissing someone i i don't get how that happened little context this is your work um husband okay um he is humorous he laughs at your jokes okay you laugh at his jokes. Right. You don't just get each other, but you're not you're not together. You're okay. with Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you're with Johnny. Uh, you've pictured a whole family with your work husband, but as like Banner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Banner. Banner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and just one Christmas, you were drinking too much. You guys were just vibes in and then Bam, it just happened and then you're like, oh, it's sorry. Lips in. Um, and you know full well, if it is that you told your husband, he's the type of guy who'd be like, all right, cool now. Because I already know about Derek. You'd be telling me about Derek and you go everywhere with Derek and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So he would take it as, hmm, all right, cool, bam. So would you tell him? If it is that you didn't really mean it and it really meant nothing, truly it meant nothing, but you just did it. If true... People aren't going to agree with me. If truly it meant nothing, I would say. Because for me to not say, okay, if the same thing happened in the opposite scenario and the person didn't tell me, the way my brain works is you didn't tell me because it meant something. Mm. Mm. That's how my brain works. Not you didn't tell me because it was nothing. To me, if it's nothing, I have to tell you straight away. My, I'm a big believer in like You protect the person you love So it's like No matter what the Scenario The arrangement is Whether it's an open relationship Or a monogamous relationship Whatever There's different things You have in place To protect that person So to protect them I don't know if someone at work Took a picture Or if someone at work Is going to banter just, I, My first thought is I don't give a crap about me I need to protect this person And I love them enough That if the risk is that They're like I can't stand you I would rather that And know that I just said what happened and was honest and was like, okay, so as you know, I've got a work husband and we banter and we joke and we have our own little private ins and everything else. And as you know, I also tell you about these private jokes and everything else. Like you, I, I'm open with you about it. What happened is I got drunk. 
one thing led to another and it was a quick peck, literally three seconds. And the reason I'm telling you is because one, I respect you enough to tell you and deal with whatever the consequences are. Two, it meant so little to me that I believe that me telling you would show you that. And three, whatever this means for this relationship, I am willing to, to deal with that because I love you more than my ego, whatever it is I'm trying to protect. And you'd respect him in the same way if it is he did that to Jenny and came to tell you. 100%. I honestly feel like if the person I was with came and told me and they were frank about it, there was none of this, they didn't try and dress it up or try and deflect it onto the the status of the relationship. Mm. They're like, listen, I made a mistake. I fucked up. This is what I did. And this is how it happened. Mm. And these are the steps and the parameters that I want to put in place to correct myself. And you tell me how you want me to be corrected. Mm. I probably love that person more genuinely because then what that tells me as i keep like what i've been saying is human beings are flawed like we're a mess if in the flawedness you know that and you're always adapting and changing and trying to be better or at least you're open about where you make your mistakes so you can protect each other and bond and be closer obviously it depends on the person how many mistakes it is you're willing to deal with and i personally believe that like once it happens more than once it's probably not a mistake Mm. but let's say it happens that one time and you guys are open with it you can discuss it and decide what you're going to do from there. Because for me, like I said, I would be more pained by not knowing no matter how small it is. Because then I feel like, okay, if you keep something like that from me. You can keep much bigger You things. can keep much bigger. Whereas if you're willing to tell me that at the risk of me walking away from you, then I feel like you would tell me like everything if I'm making sense. Mm. But that's me. I'm just very like, I will, if I'm with someone, they have everything and anything from me. Like there's nothing that I don't have. Cool. Do you think it's cheating if it is you can get something that you're not getting from your husband, from somebody at work and you revel in going to work because you can get that thing that you can't get at home? That's quite serious. I I would be like, yeah, but if, especially because there's no arrangement with your partner to to do that if you had an arrangement i think it'd be slightly different because it's permissible within the boundaries of the relationship but if you haven't asked then but how can you ask to be filled with laughter at work oh no that's oh, oh. come on that's not cheating no 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 no, no well no. well actually actually i get what he means in the sense of like this as much as you might just think effectively it's almost like having oh emo- oh like emotional cheating yeah that's, okay, that's what he's okay, referring to okay, like okay. basically he's ma- the person's making you laugh in a way that your partner doesn't and then that's kind of sketchy <laughs> but because like you could be like obviously you get happy because this person gives you emotionally what you want in a relationship that you don't right. have with the other person and that can be very that can be quite tricky i think i think it can be i think that's a tool to grow though I think I'm just sorry I'm really annoying I'm literally like a I will If I'm in a relationship I'm just going to fight for it Regardless Like no matter how much Like crap is thrown at it I'm like until I can't Do with any more mm. Like if My Partner has like Banter with someone else um, And the banter is Less than the banter we have Then I'm calm I'm, I'm like calm I'm It depends I would speak with them And I'd ask them I'd be like Oh so you guys What is it that you guys Banter about that we don't If it's because they share A particular topic that we don't So let's say this person And my partner Both like Star Star Wars I actually quite like Star Wars But let's say they like Star Wars And I can't stand it Well I'm not going to Sit there and fake Banter about Star Wars You and this person Can banter about In fact good I don't have to pretend To like that crap Go ahead But Where it For me would hurt my feelings Is where if you guys are bantering about stuff that we would banter about and you've replaced our banter with that banter, 
then I'm like, okay, now my feelings are hurt. Mm. So say the truth, you like have banter about like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that would bug me. Um, uh, I can't think of anything right now. But let's just say you and your it's partner. Like, it's, like, it's like you've been replaced by this other person. Yeah, let's say you and your partner have inside jokes about a very specific thing. You take that specific inside joke and tell the other person that give them the seeds to like make that inside joke and because you see them more maybe than your partner you build up more on that inside joke right to mm. the point that it affects how you have that inside joke with your partner mm. then it's a problem but me i'm the sort of person where like i can be quick-witted and banter with anyone but the banter that i'm gonna have with the person i'm dating so okay yeah i might banter same with brent i might banter with you but if i'm dating you like, this is my light. Like, what you think you're getting that's funny is, is nothing. Like, if you're actually dating me, the difference is the banter is also intimate because it's banter, but, like, we know each other in a very intimate way. So the jokes that we're always going to have are not going to be surface level, like, ha, 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 we're joking about, like, something really minor, like, ha, ha, you're my work husband or whatever. Like, that, meh, whatever. If I'm with you and it's romantic, because we know each other, we know each other's, like, bad habits, we know each other's, like, little... I can make like crappy jokes. Like I said a couple of weeks back, I made like a really shitty joke about like a dinosaur with Patrick because when I like clear my throat, I make that horrible noise. And so I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, man's tyrannosaur is vet. Like it's just making dumb jokes about stuff. But I wouldn't make that dumb joke with my work husband because my work husband don't hear me croaking in the middle of the night and that's not his business what I sound like. In the middle. Do you see what I mean? Like it's a different kind of banter. So I can, I'm good at banter. I can banter with someone and they'll feel like uh, that's the only person I have my eyes on or whatever. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. But in actual fact, it's meh. It's puff of smoke. It's nothing. It's when you actually look at it, it's it's meaningless. The banter I think that you have with someone who you is your other half, if you want to call them that. The reason why I think it's more painful when you pass it on to someone else is because that banter is like a secret language that you have between you. Mm. It's like a, a thing that you guys make up together. So yeah, you can banter with other people outside, but as soon as you take bits of that secret language and you start sharing it with other people, that's when you're in hot water because that secret language no longer means anything. It's not special anymore, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah, so you don't mind if it is that um, your husband has a secret language with somebody else? Oh no, that would have all as... the way fucked up. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be arms house. See, if my husband, right? Let's say for sake of illustration, Brent here is my husband and Brent is flirting with his work wife. I promise you, God is my witness. So long as it's like banterous whateverness, I'm not bothered because I expect that because you're going to spend so much time around this person. In fact, I was going to say though, like with work, especially if you work in an office, you talk with a lot of people, so you're likely to banter with a lot of people. This That's very I... different. If it's one specific person only, it's like, mm, and it depends on the context. It's like, mm. it Basically, it depends. So like, if you're bantering with this person and it's like, I know, like what I don't know. I I just the way I see stuff. I think I've watched enough offices that I know about this work husband work wife dynamic. That it's funny to me that like I make running jokes about it with people like uh that your work wife that's what. So it's it's the person who you get on the most with in an office that sucks and you guys banter and you just have jokes and you laugh and you'll probably even invite your partner to like ah uh, your partner and my partner we should all meet up and meet our actual wives and husbands. You see what I mean? It's different. For me, that's never going to bother me because wherever my other half is going to work, there's going to be that kind of dynamic if they want to have that or not. It's up to them. But if they did, I'm not going to feel a way about it. I'll probably even joke a bit about it. Like, oh, does your work wife not make you lunch today? Just, uh, I'm going to laugh about it. Where I will have my feelings really hurt is if I feel like 
the opinion of this work wife trumps mine. Mm -hmm. So if you, Brent, as my husband, come home and you're like, you know what, Sandra told me the way you spoke to me about this argument we had last night is disgusting. That's when I'm like, oh, Sandra said that, did she, yeah? I'm Calm. Like, like, you, oh, and, you, and, you and Sandra yeah? can sleep in the garage because that's where you're sleeping. You see what, that's, do you kind of see what I'm saying? Like, because you've taken something that's private and... So if any time I've bantered with someone, as God is my witness, they probably don't know any ill will that may have happened between me and a partner because that's none of their business. Mm. Any banter I have with them is purely surface level. And that's actually all they get. If they sit and they think about it, it's all surface level stuff. The banter that I'm going to have with my partner is like, we're going to joke about the stuff that, the secrets that we told each other that only we know and we have like a private joke about it. And we're going to banter about the stuff that we saw that time that only us two spotted because we've had an experience and made us remember it. Work wife is whatever. Don't mean nothing. One day your work wife could quit. You can move your job. Don't mean nothing mm, to me. Mm. Unless you're taking that work wife with you, bothered. But literally, so long as my opinion is the opinion that matters most to you and our banter is still our secret language, I, I feel I'm secure enough for that to not be a problem. Maybe people think I'm crazy and think I'm incorrect. Maybe the person I'm with will not like that. If the person I'm with said they didn't like the banter I had my work husband, I would respect that. And I'd be like, okay, you know what? For me, this is nothing. But if for you, this is something, it means that little to me that I'll be like, all right. Mm. Cool. No, this has been, this has been good. This is why we brought Brent on because he, 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 he rises, he brings topics out of people. Right. That we, like this is literally the kind of conversation we have for like, we have like gaps obviously in between when we record episodes and this is what happens. So we, I was glad that we were able to record because it, it's quite cool. It's quite cool. You see, I got deep real quick. <coughs> it wasn't intentional. Well, it was intentional, but it wasn't intentional. But um, no, thank you. Thank you for being on this time, Brent. We really appreciate it. Brent, you can do the know thyself. for the, So basically we have a section called know thyself where you share a nugget of wisdom about something you've learned through self-awareness. So the one that I gave last week was about, um, oh, oh. Well, the one I gave last week doesn't exist yet, so ignore that I said that. But basically, <laughs> you see how oh, she's so bad at all of this. Okay, listen, self awareness. All right, I'm. I said I'm not perfect. Okay, so Brent, you're going to do the know thyself. What you're going to share you about yourself? Because you're a guest, so you have to give it. Um, what tip about myself that I have? Yeah, learned. it doesn't need to be a tip. It can just be like this is something that I saw. And I did this to make it better, or I did this to pull away from it. God damn. Um, this is mad hard. <laughs> I don't get out much, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't experience much. Um my gym closed down uh this week mm. and I was forced to use another gym. And it was a a bit far to go. But I thought I don't want to be skinny, <laughs> so I'm motivating what? myself. I feel, like, I feel like missing one second is not going to make you skinny. It, it it depends. It depends. It can be a start of a real slippery slope, boy. Consistency is really important, um, and whether the barriers put in front of you, like distance, is. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. What can I say? I don't know. Consistency is key. Yeah, you, you figured consistency out consistency is key. 
And that's, like, that's the word. Like that's the word for the week. Consistency is key. That's it. And that's it. That's it. That's Straight. It. I hope that was cool. That was I hope cool. that was better than yours. That that week that didn't exist yet. Oh no, mum is better. Okay, cool. In the week <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> no, thank you for thank you for being with us. That is alright. Appreciate you, Brent. Really yeah, no really appreciate it. Guys are the coolest people ever. Oh, thank ever. you. Thank That's you. super nice. Um, so yes, people, make sure you subscribe on iTunes and of course follow us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and Instagram because we're on all the socials now, which is really really cool. Um, and keep up with of course the hashtag Carry Them Go Chats, which I see people using, which is really really nice. Um, but obviously we will be back next week as usual. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. We will be, we will be. Of course it's Halloween, so we'll be back. Oh pig, yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Listen, sorry, I'm really tight, like tired. She's exhausted. But no, we'll be back. Um but thank you for tuning in, people, and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Say bye, Brim. Bye bye. <laughs>